20th anniversary Buffy Fancast. Yeah. I'm your watcher Donna. I'm your watcher Jack. I'm your watcher Adrian. I'm so glad other people said that first because I was like, what am I? My watcher? My snarker? My poltergeist? What do I say? <laughs> too many podcasts, man. Too many podcasts. <laughs> okay, so we are talking about a very important episode called Revelations. It originally aired November 17th, 1998. It was written by Douglas Petrie and directed by James A. Contner. Contner. Uh, Contner. I have such a hard time with his last name. Uh, point of note, Douglas Petrie also will write Fool for Love and Beneath You. Hmm. Okay. So I think we like him okay. Yeah, I like him okay. So yeah, what happens in this episode is uh, Faith's new watcher shows up with a warning about a Lagos. Is it a Lagos demon or a demon it, named it's Lagos? It's a demon named Lagos. Okay, a demon uh, named Lagos who is looking for the glove of... Minahan. Minigon. Minigon. Gwendolyn Post. Miss Gwendolyn Post. I love the way her voice sounds. Right. <laughs> I wonder if she might not actually be Dolores Umbridge's big sister. I think she probably is. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Mm, that makes sense. Um, but she asked Giles while she was belittling his library whether they had the map of the Labyrinth of Malta. And I'm thinking. Why do we need a map of the Labyrinth of Malta in Sunnydale? Yeah. Well, you know, she asked him all of these things, and um, then she didn't know how many cemeteries were in Sunnydale. And I thought to myself, if you expect his library to be fully stocked with everything, you, but you didn't do your research on the city you were going to go have a watcher in, fuck off! Especially yes. given that... She's totally lying. Yes. Yes. About yes. everything. Yeah. Well, so like uh, one of the I, I realized later like the reason she's being so like downing on Giles is because like she wants to have him off, off of like off, off his edge, game. off his game. Yeah. Like she wants him questioning himself as opposed to questioning her. Exactly. Yes. Uh, so that was amazing. But yeah, she didn't know that there were twelve. But. She didn't know there were 12 cemeteries in Sunnydale, and yet she was able to locate the one cemetery where Giles and Buffy would be at in the teaser. <laughs> mm. Clearly she had been watching them and followed them there. Mm. She, also, she also manipulated Faith very well later in the episode, oh, when so. she made sure Faith knew that they had had a meeting of Buffy's friends and that Faith wasn't invited. Yeah. yeah. That was some good, solid manipulating right there. Yeah. Yes, it was. Uh, and it, it stuck, too. Even even after um, we knew that Miss Post was actually the bad guy, uh, Faith still was distancing herself. Well, you know, I think that's one of those those things where the best lie has a lot of... It is mostly true. Yeah. And she knew just exactly which insecurities mm -hmm. to play on with Faith. 
Faith is so, as much as she likes to play independent and as much as she goes on about not liking authority, she is desperate for connections. Oh, mm. deeply, deeply desperate, yeah. This is, yeah, and like, this is another one of those characters that is really consistent all through the show. Yeah. Like, this is a trait that she has forever, mm-hmm. I would say, until the final episodes when, spoiler alert, um, she finally takes on the responsibility of an authority figure for herself. Yeah. Until she does that, she is looking for it in everybody else. Mm-hmm. Yep. She's a good, complex character. She is. She is really, really awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to talk about Giles's face for a moment in that cemetery scene when Gwendolyn Post shows up. He's just got his tea and his book with his slayers, and then she's there, and he looks so like, what? <laughs> his his face throughout this episode, he is so British. He is so British throughout this episode. <laughs> so British. Well, that was bracing. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this is. I think this is one of my favorite Giles episodes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, so another big thing that happens in this episode oh, is Xander figures out that not only is Angel alive, but that Buffy is seeing him. And sees them kissing. And sees them kissing. Yeah. And I just don't know how it could have been worse. I really don't know how it could have been worse than Xander being the one to find it. Oof. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Xander's really the worst one. If Willow had found it, there there would have been a conversation between her and Buffy. Yeah. Yeah. But Xander's kind of a vindictive asshole when it comes to women. And Angel. And Angel. And Angel, but also women in general. Women. Like, Like, I don't think that his reaction would have been any different if it had been another female character with another male character, you made yes, it right. Yeah, if Xander had a, if Xander had a crush on that person, yeah, yep. fuck them. Yeah, like Xander will fuck up their life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when we have the angel intervention, which was the meeting that Faith wasn't invited to, and you know the reason Faith wasn't invited to that meeting was because Angel never heard her. I mean, that was that yeah. was the reason Faith wasn't invited to that meeting, is she had not been personally impacted by Angel. True, but arguably she should have been there since she's a slayer, and she will... Was she there? She wasn't there She was not in no, she was not there at all. This was season two. I saw it. No, I, re- I rescind. Yeah. Um, I mean, this, is, this is literally the first encounter she's ever had with Angel. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, an argument could have been made for her being there, but this was more of a... Buffy's friends in Slayer business, and it ma- it made sense to me that Faith wasn't at that meeting. Uh, but boy, Xander was going for blood in that meeting. He always does. Mm-hmm. He like, man, rewatching these episodes, Xander is cruel. Yeah, like, deeply cruel. Like yeah, I, I oof. Oh, like even you, even Jay is now having trouble like <laughs> defending Xander. Oh uh, yeah, the comment about Miss Calendar that he made—that oh. was totally unfair. Yeah, it was very unfair. And like, okay, so I don't want to lessen what Angel did, because what Angel did as Angelus was fucked up 
deeply, deeply mm-hmm. fucked up. He was trying to hurt Buffy by hurting those around her. Yes. And this was all very, very bad. And I do want to say that Xander and company have a right to be very angry and very scared. Oh, absolutely. In fact, the way that Giles acted, like, 100% correct. Like, I thought Giles behaved perfectly and was the absolute correct amount of angry and also not cruel. Yes, that's exactly what I was going to say, is that what Giles did is, I think, a reasonable reaction, especially when you're dealing with a character like Angel, who is... um, Jekyll and Hyde. Mm-hmm. Like, when you have a Jekyll and Hyde character, and that is known, then it seems like what you should be is cautious and angry, not going for the throats. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Having said that, though Buffy's reaction just didn't ring true to me. And I can tell you, if anybody I knew had said what Giles said... I would be devastated. I would be crushed. I'm talking in bed, covers over my head, weeping over what Giles said to Buffy. And he is her father figure. I mean, he he is not just some person. He is one of the most important people in her life. And she was just kind of like, all right, I guess Giles is mad at me. I get the I got the impression she was uh, she was affected by it, but it was it was I think uh, like like an effect like. Like I feel like I feel like Buffy doesn't have as much anxiety as some of us do, <laughs> and so like and so Buffy's reaction is, oh shit, he's really upset at me. I really got to make up for this, and that's why she like the entire rest of the episode she's like, I gotta kill Lagos, I gotta bring back the glove, I'm gonna destroy the glove. Like the entire episode, she is one hundred percent like business focused. Like she doesn't even think about Angel when like Willow's like talking about. So how's Angel doing and all that stuff? Buffy's like. Oh, well, I'm not doing any of that. I'm going after Lagos tonight because I got to make it up for it to Giles. You know, actually, good point. This is one of the episodes where they have some big apocalyptic shit going on and nobody stops to talk about their dating life. Yeah. This yeah. Is, thank you for that. You, you did a good job, Douglas Petrie. Yeah, good point. Good point. And, J- and James, I imagine there was editing or direction in that, too. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see, what else do we have going on here? Oh. Uh, Oh, can we talk about the Xander and Willow kiss scene for a minute? Yeah, let's let's do that. Um, because I don't know, like on the one hand, I appreciated when Zan when Willow said no, and then Xander said no, no means stop. Except that it felt like he was using those words as manipulation. Mm-hmm. Like I liked what he said, but I did not like the way that he said it because it felt. Felt like he was saying, "You're telling me to stop, but you don't really want yeah. me to stop." Yeah, I was concerned about that too. And so, I didn't love that mm-hmm. at all. It's very in character for Xander, though. It is very mm-hmm. in character for Xander. Like I know I ask this question a lot, but I'm going to ask it again. How sympathetic was Xander written to be at the time? Is this a problem, like, were we supposed to be on his side at the time? Is this just a now problem where we look back on it and we're like, oh, Xander. I think this is more of a now problem because I think he was written to be more sympathetic than he actually is. Because right now he seems like the fuck up whose really only purpose in the group is to be cruel and, like, cause drama. 
and like and and that's not like that's not who I remember him being. That's not right. who I remember him being either. But that's so clearly who he is now. Yeah, yeah. it's a, it's it, it, I do think it's a it's a problem of of time. I think at the time it was written, Xander's behavior was maybe not typical, intended to be typical of of a of a teenage boy, but a typical. Help me. I can't find the words I'm looking for. Maybe not the typical, but atypical. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, like a typical a typical teenage boy, potentially. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. I see that. No, I see that too. Like, I like I definitely know Xander. And Having I, said that, I do think we were supposed to not approve of the relationship between him and Willow. I do think we were supposed to go, I mean, I see what you're doing there, but no, I don't, I think we were supposed to be against that. I, I think we were too, but I still also, well, I don't know. I have a really difficult time telling how we were supposed to feel about mm-hmm. Xander and Willow's relationship. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. I'm not really sure because, like, sometimes they're, like, making it out to be, like, this really cute kind of, like, subversive thing. And then sometimes it's, like, and, and then, but at the same time, they're showing, like, the pain that it's causing. Like, like so I don't know. Maybe maybe we're supposed to not know how to feel about it. Maybe. Yeah, because because I mean, it is a complicated situation. Like you want people to be happy and together, but at the same time, you don't want people to hurt other people. This is a very complex situation. I think like being confused about it is fine. And Oz in particular is so likable. You just really do not want Oz hurt. Yes. Yes. So, um Damn my brain. I I had a thing. Okay. Another thing with this for me is that, I mean, from the beginning, Willow has kind of had a crush on Xander. And she, we, that has been very believable. I have never had a moment's problem believing that Willow had a crush on Xander. Um, but Xander has always not reciprocated that feeling. And be, I guess, basically, I'm just not, I, I, I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. I always bought Willow's crush too, mm-hmm. but buying Willow actually acting on it when she's with Oz has always seemed weird to me. Right. Like me this too. felt like a storyline they wanted to do regardless of how much sense it made for the characters. It feels very forced. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, I think a lot of us have been in that situation where we were longing for somebody we couldn't have. So I, there, there is a fair bit of sympathy there, but I don't know, man. What is that like? <laughs> you arrogant dick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's only I'm I'm, just, I'm totally kidding. I have had this experience. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm having one of those. I wish you could have a video <laughs> expressions that were exchanged in this room. Um, <laughs> Oh, I love you, Jack. <laughs> um, I don't anymore. I've killed him. We'll we'll miss Jack. R.I.P. Who can we bring in to replace him? I mean, CJ already lives here. Okay, CJ. CJ will be fine. I love CJ too. Mm-hmm. I can only be replaced with another queen like myself. Shannon. Yes. Um, I do want to congratulate Giles congratulate. for getting... Congratulate. What did I say? Congratulate. 
Guys, I'm working on four hours sleep here. I'm sorry. <laughs> I would like to congratulate there you go. Giles. It took two hits to knock him out this time. <laughs> He's getting better at this. Yes. Uh, good for him. The first time in the entire series, I think, that a head injury has been treated with the seriousness that it deserves. Yes! Because... I mean, just in the next episode, you have a head injury that seems much worse and is left completely alone. Mm-hmm. So, like, and normally Giles gets head injuries all the time. Like, we're sure that Giles has brain trauma at some he, point. He's got, he's, got a, he's got a CTE. Don't mean to make a joke about CTE, but, I mean, he does. What CTE, for those at home? It's craniotrauma exolo... It's it's a uh, uh, either concussive or cranial trauma, concussive trauma, encephalopathy, something like that. I don't remember exactly, but concussive sounds right. Yeah, but it's it's the 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 football, the the problem that we're finding uh... football players from constant head injuries. I may just edit that whole thing out and try and make it sound like I know what I'm talking about. I mean, to be fair, it, it is it is something, CTE is something that we only have recently figured out, yes. like, is the thing. So, like, so fiction shows can't be blamed for not knowing it. Right. But, uh, but yeah, it's funny in retrospect. It's like, all oh, these people, they, they all have, <laughs> have so much suffering. Um, I have a question. Okay. Are there not, like, watcher credentials? <laughs> like, it seems like that's a job where you should have to show some sort of, like... Your watcher badge? Yeah, like a watcher badge or, like, a magic secret society tattoo. I mean, like, there are so many magic secret society tattoos. Why isn't there a watcher one? Yep. Like a magical mark that point. leaves when you're no longer a member of the council. Yep. Like, yeah, it's something that would have, like, at least Giles should have called council and been like, hey. Yeah, I mean, I guess maybe he didn't because Gwendolyn was very successful in her, well, you don't really know what you're doing here, do you? Yeah, she seemed to know a lot of stuff, so. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So she, and she obviously was trained as a watcher, so she knew how to, like, manipulate other watchers, potentially. Yeah. It just seems like there should be something. There should be something. At least an ID card. I mean, come on. Those yeah. are easy to print. I bet you Giles called when Wesley showed up. I, I bet yeah. you, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> I, 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 yeah. Um, which is getting ahead of things. So, yeah, so then bu uh, Buffy. Then Faith and Xander have their bonding moment over let's go kill Angel. And they go to get weapons. Xander finds Giles. And here I wrote down, I hate it when I'm working on a good Xander hate. And then he's decent. The fang marks would be nice line. Yeah. No, actually, just the fact that he was worried about Giles. That he yeah. was like, no, we, we are not going to go kill Angel because we have to stay here and save Giles. He had so many moments in that scene that I really liked when he was like, no, Faith, let's focus, Faith. Yeah. Um, but then also he was like, I wish we had some proof. And I really, really liked that he said that. And I didn't understand why they dropped that later. Yeah. Because he was like, Faith was like, what more proof do you need? And he said, fang marks would be nice. Yeah. And But then later he was like, Angel did it. And so I just wish, I 
wish that they had kept that up. I don't know. Like, I wish that I had a more well, good things to latch onto as Xander. I wish yeah. that he, they were complexing him up a little bit more than they managed to most of the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like, because yeah, even though he didn't say he didn't say Angel did it afterwards, but he did he, stay very quiet uh, when when and Buffy did tell him. So you just assumed. Yeah, and he didn't and, correct and, her. And he didn't correct her that he hadn't assumed, that he had specifically not assumed. Yeah. That's true. He did. He did question. Um, but I do want to point out that the weapon that Faith chose was a harpoon gun? <laughs> you know, to go fight the under angel underwater. Yeah. I thought it was a big crossbow. It had a, it had a, it had a hook on it. I thought it was just a, a, a bat with a hook on it. No, I think it was actually a... It might have been a bat with a hook on it. It's I mean, it was a weird-looking weapon. It was a weird-looking weapon, and I don't know what she hoped to accomplish with it. I mean, she's going to hurt him with it mm-hmm. a lot. It's going to take a while for her to kill him. But, I mean, maybe she was that angry. I don't know. She was pretty angry. Especially, like, she didn't really have a reason to be that angry until when she saw Gwendolyn Post on the ground and Angel over her. Mm-hmm. Like at that point, she's like. I think that Faith probably has some trauma in her life, and so she just generally sits at like a level eight on anger. Yeah. yeah. And so when 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 Xander shows up and is like, "Hey, would you like to be at an 11? Faith was like, "Yes, yes, I would like to be at an eleven. <laughs> oh my god. I also I do want to say Post was wrong, and Faith allowed her to be wrong about vampire vampire rarely knocks. Which is totally not true. Like, vampires, in fact, often knock. Because they have to be invited in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so I have a little bit of trivia that I discovered last night. Okay. A Xander is a type of fish that looks like a pike. Oh, oh wow, that's amazing. That's super cool. A type of fish that, that looks, looks like, like a pike. A pike. Which I was like, oh, that's really cool and interesting. And then I was like, but Pike was nicer than Xander. <laughs> I mean, it just looks like him. Yeah. <laughs> he, I, I guess it does. I guess you're right. It does just look like him. He's the normal guy. He does guy. look like Luke Perry a little well, bit. Well, not just not like, it's not like fit like, metaphorically, Xander is the normal guy that mm-hmm. comes in and helps. <laughs> yeah. And also gets in trouble. A lot. But if you think about it, I think he looks a little like Luke Perry. <laughs> In that he's a white guy. <laughs> uh, let's see. So, Miss Post tried the same thing on Angel that she tried on Giles. Uh, and I didn't realize until after Angel popped up that she didn't know he was a vampire. She hit him in the head with a shovel, he went down... And she oh. thought, oh, I'm done here. Yeah. And then he popped back up, and that was like, oh, she didn't know. Because she's never met Angel. She's never met Angel, so he was just some guy in an abandoned castle in Sunnydale, California. I feel like I would just assume vampire. Like, honestly, if I was walking through an abandoned castle today, and I met a guy, and he was even remotely good-looking at all, <laughs> I would just assume, oh, that's a vampire. The Like, I... Also, like, Angel does in this episode, when he gets back up, he does his signature, like, I'm getting up thing that Angel does. 
where he like has his arms forward and he like pulls him back mm-hmm. and kind of like pulls out his chest himself. and settles himself in. Yeah. And it was it, it's like it's so hot and I was so excited to see that again. It's really funny because when you describe it, I'm like, that's a fucking stupid way to get up. That makes no sense. <laughs> that's how he does it, though. And if, if if you're if you're already up and you straighten up, it makes sense. But if you get up off the floor, it doesn't make quite as much sense. Well, it's because he gets off the floor like he may, probably just bounces off the floor because he's super strong. That's true. So he just whoa, and then he settles himself. I wish we had video. That's <laughs> true. That's very true. Um, and then. Miss Post gets the glove, which is really just a... You have to charge it. What is the word? A, a MacGuffin? Yes, thank you. Which is really just a MacGuffin. The glove is really just a MacGuffin. Yeah, like, uh, like there's, a, there's a moment where Xander and Willow are preparing the living flame that they're going to use to destroy the glove. And Xander looks at her book and says, I know, it, I know what it does. And then he closes the book and they leave super fast because it's like, holy shit, we know what it does. But then all the club does is, like, you have to charge it, first of all. Mm-hmm. And then you have to say Tavim and point at shit. And, like, if it, that thing moves, like, then your shot is wasted. Mm-hmm. You basically have a really, like, cool-looking gun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wondered about that, too. Like, does it do something else that we didn't see? I have to assume that it does more than that. I just have to. I hope. I, I, I have to assume that, too. But, like, I wish they'd shown something. Yeah. Yeah, like, that was a pretty... They've, they've fought scarier things that they were less concerned mm-hmm. about. And then... Because even Willow was like, oh, we don't have time. Yeah. Buffy picks up what appears to be a shard of glass and flings it and cuts off her arm with yeah. a shard of glass. Yeah, that is also impossible. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the glass would do a great job on flesh. Like, she'd have to have thrown that so hard... That, like, but like, even if no matter how hard she would have thrown it, like glass would have shattered. I just, I, I mean, I'd have to go look at a hardness scale, but I really don't think you can cut bone with glass. Yeah, I don't think how it doesn't matter how hard you, yeah. how much momentum that glass has, it's just gonna shatter against bone. I agree. <laughs> it looked like you had something really profound to say. Uh, no, I was thinking, but what if you put like a monofilament thread around the glass? I was sliding. well, yeah, then I was sure. shadow running it up in my head. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, sure. Then if what if you imbued it with? Okay. Uh, yeah, but this is the Restfield Cemetery mausoleum. Like, you don't think there's any monofilament fibers in the in the glass there? No, I don't think they 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 invested that much into glass that's supposed to keep the dead in. Uh, yeah, I, and well, and then I thought, well, what if you threw it hard enough? And then I was like, well, if you throw it hard enough, the glass breaks, which yeah. is really the whole thing that, that they're saying. Yeah. If you throw it, if you throw it harder than any, like, empowered human could throw something, like, if you threw it hard, as hard as, like, a particle accelerator can throw a proton, then you'd vaporize the glass, actually. So, like, you, yeah, you'd never cut the bone. Okay, so, so what about this, listen to my embarrassing story for a moment. I broke my collarbone on a cardboard sign. That was because that was because of the angle at which you hit right. it. Right, so could you hit it at the right angle if you're Buffy and you score 1430 on your SATs? <laughs> um, could you hit it at the right angle to go through the bone? I don't know. I just don't buy it. The veterinarian doesn't buy it. <laughs> I mean, I mean, 
Yeah, I, I just, I, I wish he'd used the, like, I wish Faith had brought a weapon that Buffy could have then taken and used instead yeah. to cut her arm off. Just throw a knife and I'll buy it. I'll be like, okay, you can, you, she's the slayer, she can throw a knife through her arm. I buy that. Yeah. yeah. Or it's a fucking castle, pick a glaive off the wall <laughs> and throw that. You know? Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, but then the lightning destroys Miss Post, and then we all kind of resolve ourselves. Is, so is this like a rabbit's foot scenario here? Like, you get the glove and you're great, but if you lose the glove, fuck you, retaliate? Probably. I also think the glove was probably still charging, and it was trying to get to the glove, and she couldn't channel it anywhere, and so it killed her. Okay. That's possible, too. So the glove was still charging because it has a bigger power. That explains why she wasn't using that power. Mm-hmm. Like, so so it takes time to charge. Okay, okay that, that actually makes a lot of sense. And then at the end, Xander comes up to Buffy and says, Are we cool? Fuck no, we're not cool. We are not cool. Didn't Buff? I thought Buffy came up to Xander and said, "Are we cool?" I don't remember. But neither way, either way, they're not cool. No, we're yeah, not. Like, in one of these scenarios, I'm angry that that they put these words in Buffy's mouth. I and think it was end. Buffy who said it, and and I was angry that she did say it because I was like, "That's yeah, no, Xander doesn't get. Everyone else can can get an apology, but Xander like ruined his chance for an apology by being a dick." Anything else on this episode? Um, I feel like this episode is really, really one of, like... Hold on, I'm looking at my notes here. Because... Well, while you're looking... The episode before this was Band Candy, which I think was really, really good. And And then Revelations. So I think we are in a really... Really good run of episodes. We are starting, yeah, starting with Band Candy to here and on, because I know what comes next. um, Is are are just really good. Like this is, I think, the longest combo we're gonna have of good episodes for a while. Mm -hmm. We've had some dodgy ones prior to the like the beginning of this season. I don't feel like was great. First episode is not Dead Man's Party. <laughs> okay, Anne. Anne was okay. Dead Man's Party. Mm, Faith, Hope, and Trick. Pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, Beauty and the Beasts. Working a little bit too hard for something they didn't quite achieve, I mm-hmm. think. Homecoming. Meh. Mm-hmm. And then Band Candy and Revelations. And then we're going to have Lover's Walk. And we're going to have The Wish. And, like, not only is this a really good run of episodes mm-hmm. that we're in right now, we are, like, assembling. We are almost, we have, we will have almost assembled the final team yeah. very, very soon. Yeah. Doppelgangland is coming up in a few weeks. Yeah. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, this was also the first episode of the season where we really start to see Faith's uh, descent. Because we've had Faith's introduction, we've had her, like, you know, get closer to the group, and now we're starting to see her pulling away from the group and, like, starting to, like, re... re like, that re-traumatization of, like, the... you can't trust anybody, everyone's, like, 
everyone's gonna fuck me over kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Because even though Post is gone, and yeah, Post was a bad guy, Post said, trust me, and Faith trusted her and started fighting Buffy. And, like, she basically made herself an enemy of Buffy. And, like, at the at the end of the episode, like, she's got that huge mark on her face. Yeah. From that fight. Um, so it's hard to forget that you kind of betrayed all of your friends so that you could help the bad guy. And the bad guy called you an idiot right before she, like... Oh, that was harsh. That yeah. Was, yeah. That was harsh. Like, Faith got really, really nastily hurt, and I think this is the beginning of her descent. Yeah, I think, I think it definitely, definitely is. It's, uh, that was really harsh, man. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I was like, my note is Buffy and Faith's friendship doesn't survive this episode. No. That's true. I'm not entirely sure they were great friends to begin with. Well, they were get they could have gotten there. Like, they were getting there little by little. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, at the last, in the last episode, in this episode, actually, wasn't it this episode that they said, we're good friends? Yeah, it was in this episode, oh, at the very beginning. I'm dating some, yeah, I'm going out with someone tonight, yeah. Yeah, we're just uh -huh. good friends. Yeah. Like, and they were, like, huggy and, like, really cool and, like, coordinated in their slaying. Like, okay. they were doing really yeah, yeah. well. You're right. I agree. I agree. They could have gotten there. I think if Gwendolyn Post had not showed up, they would have been very good friends. We would have had very different series. Yeah. yeah. With That was focusing on Buffy and Faith as friends. I need you to get your notes off this. I can my leg. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I like to play this game a lot where I'm like, what would have happened if one thing had changed in this episode? And uh, I, I think that that would have been a huge change, just the lack of Gwendolyn Post. Or if, if they had invited Faith to that meeting mm -hmm. and offered her the trust that she was seeking. Because again, I've pointed this out before, one of the big things that happens is basically everybody that goes evil go, does so because they don't get into the inner circle. Like some people are allowed to be a part of the Scooby gang and some aren't. And the ones that aren't don't tend to do well. Yeah. Like, you know, Amy never gets into the inner circle, even though she has helped multiple times. Mm -hmm. And so she ends up going down a very bad path. And Faith doesn't get invited to the inner circle things. And the same thing happens to Faith. Uh, Wesley, later on, the only person that sort of got past this was Kendra. And arguably, Kendra had a very good, a very thorough support group. Even if they weren't giving her what she needed as a teenage girl, they were giving her what she needed as a slayer. Yes. Um, whereas many other characters who find out about the uh, find out about magic don't have that. Like it would be the Scooby Gang, except the Scooby Gang isn't accepting new members. Yeah. Good point. They are a pretty insular group. They are, and like I understand that part of this is just the nature of a TV show. Yes. Like you can't, the bigger your cast, the bigger your budget. But I mean, you know, if you look at our group of friends, it's pretty big. Like it's pretty big for a bunch of people with social anxiety who don't want to talk to anybody. But on the regular, if any one of us is like, hey guys, I'm doing a party thing, you want to come over? There's going to be at least five people over there, which is one more than the usual Scooby gang meeting. This is true. This is true. But if somebody want new, if I if we met somebody new who wanted to join the Monday games, we 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 do tend to be pretty 
and pretty Mon strict about that. And Monday games are kind of is kind of our Scooby gang. I mean, no, you're right. Like we are pretty strict about who we bring in to the group, but our group is bigger. We and we're not one... doing magic. We're playing D and D. And we it's that... easier to find D and D. We had groups. that one person who like was kind of going to be part of a group, and then wound up not being part of a group, and then they turned to evil. Yeah, let's not talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling a warm fuzzy right now. Yay. Um, why am I your table? Mm. Anything else? I. Oh, the glove of Minigun. So, like, Giles is doing a whole lot of research, and he's having to do a lot of research because he's freaking out because Little Post told him he doesn't have all the books. Mm -hmm. Angel finds the glove. Just like, like, how does Without find help, it? just finds it. He knows, not only that, but he also knows, don't, don't put it on, because if you put it on, you can't take it back off. And, and it's like, okay, so you know that, and you didn't have to do any research. And then, like, Giles is doing all this research for the living flame, and, like, then, then, like, when Giles is knocked out, like, Xander and, and Willow are putting together the living flame. And, and meanwhile, Angelus is all like, I'm doing a spell. I, I got this. <laughs> y'all keep doing your research. <laughs> I got this already. I, I don't need none of y'all. Yeah, like, I wonder what exactly, like, they know, I, I feel like they can't actually decide if Angel slash Angelus is a studious type of person who knows things and has learned spells, or if he's a ne'er-do-well, devil-may-care type character. Yeah. I have issues with that sometimes. <laughs> like, I feel like they're like, oh, he's a vampire, so he could know this. And I'm like, okay, but why? <laughs> like, like he is the vampire equivalent of, like, an 80s rock star. Yeah. And let's not forget that he was Liam, and Liam was not a good student, I'm guessing. I'm yeah. Guessing. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know. Is the teacher Jack Daniels? <laughs> <laughs> My good friend Jack. So I think I think the the few criticisms I had were like significant enough that I'm willing. I I'm only willing to part with four Mr. Pointies on this one. That's fair. That's fair. The 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 MacGuffin in this one was sort of overly MacGuffin-y. It was very MacGuffin-y. To the point that I forgot it existed in this episode. Even after watching it, yeah. I, I was just worried about the demon Lagos, and it took me a while to remember that he doesn't even show up. Well, no, he does show up. Buffy kills him. He's the ugly demon. Yeah, and, and Xander... Well, Buffy kills him, and, um, and Faith is beaten by him. So we also established that Buffy's better at fights. Right, right, right. See, but I totally forgot that happened. When I was watching this on my DVDs, when you when you click through to the episode, there will always be two images from the episode. And on the left, there was an image of a woman with a glove with her hand in the <gasps> air. Spoilers! Well, I had no idea who it was or what it was. But then as soon as she shows up on screen... I didn't get... I didn't. I didn't recognize her as okay. the woman. So, but my point, my point is that when I saw an actual image of her with the glove... I was like, I don't know what that is. I don't remember. I don't even remember that. So, um, you're right. It was it was very MacGuffin-y in the sense that it was so actually insignificant that you forget it exists. See, I even remember Tavim, Tavim. I mean, I remember that now too because watching it, I was like, this is silly. I bet it's not actually Tavim though, because one of the subtitles says speaks Gaelic. Speaks Gaelic. Oh, it's probably not spelled Tavim, but it's definitely pronounced Tavim. Okay. 
Probably spelled like Josh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love Gaelic. It's so funny. <laughs> okay. Um, are we done? I think so. I didn't what actually you... have too many notes because for the most part, other than like, like I, I felt like emotionally this episode was really good. And yeah. so yeah. a lot of the little details I wasn't paying as much attention to as I do on the episodes that are not as emotionally fulfilling. Yeah. All right. So you gave us four out of five. Four out of five, Mr. Points. I think that is entirely fair. I'm going to ask you to please go wherever you go to listen to us and give us a rate, review, and subscribe. We would really appreciate that. And if you've got a friend that likes Buffy, maybe tell them about us. You can Even if you have a friend that doesn't like Buffy, maybe tell them about us. Yeah, because we're I mean, funny. Maybe we're, we get them into Buffy. I mean, we, we do enough tearing Buffy apart, I feel like. <laughs> That's true. So yeah, your friends that hate Buffy, tell them about us too. Um, you can find us on Tumblr as Snarkcast. You can find us on Facebook as Snarkcasts. And you can find us on Twitter and Instagram as... Once more W Buffy. Right. Uh, you can find us and... I was just going to say, also interact with us on Instagram yeah. and Twitter because I, I need validation, guys. I, I need constant validation and, and interaction. And we like it a lot. Yeah. We do. We will we will respond to you and we like it. Um, check out the Gumby Cat Networks. You can find us and our sister podcasts, Beyond the Cabin in the Woods and Collective Snark, and our brand new shiny bouncy baby brother podcast. The Family Business, where we talk about Supernatural. Uh, you can also find a variety of other fun and interesting podcasts. Our uh, Mistress Gumby Cat, I don't know what to call her, Vanessa, has just started a brand new podcast about her shop in Las Vegas called Las Vegas Oddities. And I forget what she calls the podcast, but if you go to GumbyCatNetworks.com, you can find it. And I bet it will be good. I'm done. Oh. Gumby Cat Productions. Podcasts for podcast people. Meow. Meow.